What really makes it um, kind of bad policy, if you will, is the significantly different pay. We're talking, you know, get paid 20, 30% less um, if you have a high market share versus if you have a very low market share. And that's really why we've spent so much energy around this. Welcome to the ACO Show. Today, Josh and Brian are joined by Travis Broom, the Senior Vice President of Policy and Economics at Allidade. They discuss a challenge to the success of some accountable care organizations that is known as the Rural Glitch. Travis explains how two ACOs with the same exact performance, but operating in different parts of the country, can be rewarded very differently. What Allidate is doing to help ensure that ACOs are fairly evaluated for the savings they create, and how Congress can help solve the problem. Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, Medical Director at Allidade, and I am joined as always by my co-host, Brian Chiklinski. And we are joined today by Travis Broom. Travis Broom is the Senior Vice President of Policy and Economics at Allidade, and he is probably our most frequently recurring guest. I don't know if that makes him the the Joan Rivers or the the Neil deGrasse Tyson of of the ACO show, just someone we have on a lot. And I was thinking about why that is, like why Travis? And I think the answer is that an ACO sounds like a straightforward idea. We're going to improve patients' health and lower healthcare costs in the process. That sounds really, really straightforward. But then you very quickly get into, well, what does it mean to improve health? How do you define that? Or when you say you're going to lower the cost of care, uh, compared to what? Uh, and so there really are these very complicated rules to bring something to life uh, that we all agree upon. And so, Travis, we are glad you're here to to help us understand all this. And the topic we wanted to talk about today was something very uh, catchingly known as the rural glitch. So what the heck is that? Absolutely. So it gets into um, exactly what you said, right? That lower costs compared to what? And that has changed and been refined um, over the last, you know, closing in on 10 years, 2022. Um, will be the 10-year anniversary of the Medicare Shared Savings Program. So we've been at this a while, and it's been refined a lot over time, but it's just very sensitive. When you think about a highly successful ACO, 6 7% of savings, well, if you change what they're compared to by 1% or 2%, all of a sudden 6 and 7 becomes either 8 and 9, or it becomes 4 and 5, um, and... So it really gets down to that compared to what. And what the rule glitch is, is actually a problem that affects all ACOs, but it disproportionately affects rural ACOs. And basically what it is, is real simple. Uh, real simple, my fin stretch, but the math is, is relatively straightforward. I run an ACO. I have 10,000 Medicare beneficiaries. I reduce costs 5% compared to the cost of everybody else around me right? So compared to my region. CMS, though, when they figure out, when they compare, they compare not to everyone else in my region. They compare to my region, including me. So if my 10,000 beneficiaries make up 20% of the region, say there's 50,000 Medicare beneficiaries in the region, I make up 20% of it. When I reduce costs by 5%, my 5% times 20%, I pulled down the whole region's cost by 1%, which is freaking awesome, right? Like the region was going to cost five, now it costs four. That's what the whole thing is about, right? We reduce costs. 
But what it means for me is instead of saving 5%, I only save 4%. And then in the Medicare Shared Savings Program, I get half of that, so I only get two, right? So I reduce my savings essentially by my market share. On one hand, you could just say, okay. <laughs> I mean, it makes savings a lot harder, right? Um, I would argue it's not a particularly accurate way to measure it. It's not a particularly fair way to measure it. But what really kind of makes it bad policy and why we've spent so much time trying to get it fixed is because it has nothing to do with how much I saved and everything to do with my market share, that's where the problem comes in. So here we are, I'm sitting in Montgomery County, Maryland, right outside of District of Columbia. There is way more than 50,000 Medicare beneficiaries around me. So if I have a 10,000 person ACO, maybe I only make up 5% of the market or even 1% of the market. So when I reduce cost 5% for my 10,000 people, it doesn't take my market down to four. It only takes my market down to say 4.8, 4.9. So I get paid more for the same 5%. Now, if I transport myself out to Hot Springs, Arkansas, or to Kansas, or somewhere else, where that same 10,000 people, literally the identical size ACO, literally the identical performance, we reduced 5% compared to everybody else. But now we're back to the 20% market share I was talking about. So I only get paid 4% savings. So when you say rural glitch, what you mean is um, bringing down the cost of care in a region where there are not a lot of patients in an ACO, and that mostly happens to be in rural areas. Is that right? Mostly happens, right. When you think about your market share, it's just, you know, how many people live there versus how many people in ACOs. ACOs are actually, I mean, there's some really, really big ones out there, 100,000. Almost all the ACOs, urban, non-urban, can tend to run between about 8,000 and 20,000 lives. Urban, not urban, doesn't matter. But in rural areas, they make up a much bigger part of the market than in urban areas. It's not exclusive. Um, you know, uh, the largest, the person with the biggest rural glitch problem in Louisiana is headquartered in New Orleans, but they just have a lot, a lot, a lot of Medicare beneficiaries. So it's not exclusively a rural problem, but it is mainly a rural problem. So what really makes it um, kind of bad policy, if you will, is the different pay for different performance and significantly different pay. We're talking, you know, get paid 20, 30% less um, if you have a high market share versus if you have a very low market share. And that's really why we've spent so much energy around this um, is that we have ACOs all over the country. And we, we, we don't want to tell our ACO in New York City that they are getting paid a lot more than our ACO in Kansas, or more specifically, we don't want to tell our ACO in Kansas that they're getting paid a lot less than the ACO in New York City, despite the fact that they're essentially performing the same. So it sounds like it's like a, as Josh said, kind of a, it's a glitch that affects every ACO really. It just is kind of a headwind uh, that you see a little more in these rural areas where population is a little lower and maybe the ACO has a bigger yeah. share of the local population. Uh, what's kind of been our, our history of, it seems like a relatively straightforward thing to fix, like CMS could just tweak the formula and, uh, and that would be uh, solving it. What's been kind of the history of, of trying to get this uh, rural glitch fixed? Yeah, so you know, when you think about going back in time a little bit, like. This kind of came about when we moved from national inflation to regional inflation, which was great because like, you know, back to our Kansas, New York example, the docs in Kansas don't feel responsible for New York's 
inflation and tax in New York um, don't reflect Kansas. But that was a great move. But then, you know, kind of fix one problem, create a new one, right? Um, with, with this little glitch thing and the variation. Um, back in 2018, um, it was a few months, frankly, you know, after they had made the switch to, to regional, um, we kind of published outlining this problem in the American Journal of Managed Care. And, you know, that was, that's always stop number one. If you just go to the agency and say, do you agree with me? And what's happened to us at CMS is kind of a, a classic thing that can kind of happen um, when you're doing writing government regulations in particular, but frankly, even large corporations that can kind of have this too, they just have very long timelines. So basically CMS's response is, you know, kind of understand the math. We can see how this can become a problem eventually, but we'll wait and see. Even though, you know, I, I believe you can really clearly see, in, in, you know, how this math works and that it will definitely be a problem in the future. And it definitely has been a problem, particularly in 2020. Um, CMS and, and like I said, lar large organizations, government and otherwise, can kind of fall into this trap sometimes. So, you know, they have such long time horizons, they're just, well, we'll just wait and see. Um, so that was kind of our initial response, and it was kind of a very disheartening response because it's like, uh, there's also a little bit of concern with like, so there are a handful of ACOs out there with kind of very specialized populations, right? Like, you know, like very sick people or whatever. Like, oh, well, how do you have a good comparison for that? Um, but that's a, a real niche problem and, and frankly one we think we can solve as well. But, you know, for the vast majority, 95% of ACOs, it's like this is a mathematical certainty. Um, but unfortunately, on the CMS side, we're still in wait and see mode. There's a new reg coming out in July, so I'm eternally hopeful um, that every time a new reg comes out that they'll, they'll finally agree with the math here and, and put in a fix. But to date, the response from the agency has been kind of wait and see. Now that I'm a grown-up, I was sorry to learn that the old schoolhouse rock, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill, uh, mm -hmm. that it's not as clean and, and, and easy as that. Uh, so what is the process? You you notice something like this in the data. You know, you're at a you're at a private company. Uh, the thing I think would be more fair and benefit the whole system to change it. How, how do you do that? Yeah. So, right. So the agency tells you to wait and see. And what do you do if you're not satisfied with that answer? Right. Um, there are two branches of government and Congress is typically more attuned to like the specific effects of a policy on a specific organization. So when you think about rule glitch, you know, and you look at it at the program level, it's a normal curve, right? Like, you know, you got some ACOs who are getting really bad, you know, screwed and you got some ACOs who it barely affects and you got a big middle where it affects them roughly the same. And you can, if you're running a large national program, look at that normal curve and say, eh, it averages out. But when you're the ACO on the far right or the far left, you know, it doesn't average out for you. Um, and in that case, a lot of times, Congress, your, your congressman or your senator, is a more sympathetic ear to your individual situation. So basically what we did is we took all of our data packaged it up a little more, uh, I got very good at describing it just like I did for you because now I had to talk to a congressional staffer 
you know, might not know what the Medicare Shared Savings Program is, certainly doesn't know how benchmarking work versus, you know, technocrats at CMS and, and literally say, go to them and say, like, not only is this a problem, but it is disproportionately affecting the ACO that's in your market. Um, and again, this is not a small thing. There were six ACOs um, when we first looked at it. I think it's up to 24 ACOs now who didn't get a shared savings check at all because they rule glitched themselves. Like if we had fixed rule glitch, they, they would have gotten a shared savings check. With rule glitch suppressing their savings rate, they got nothing, right? So we know who those 24 people are. We know which congressmen um, and senators represent those 24 people. You know which congressmen and senators are interested in healthcare issues. And then you just kind of create that little three three prong Venn diagram, and and all of a sudden you you know kind of have an, an interested constituency in addressing this problem, and then you know kind of once you know who to educate about the problem and go try and get interest, then you go about getting meetings. It's actually not particularly hard to get meetings with staff, um, as long as you're willing to ask multiple times, so they will eventually say yes. And so we started down that road and kind of basically as soon as CMS told us no for the first time, they told us no two times now, maybe the third time here coming up will be the charm, especially with the new administration. But as soon as they told us no the first time, we started down that path and led to, in 2019, bipartisan bills being introduced in both the Senate and the House. In the Senate, it was uh, October 22nd, 2019 um, was first. Um, Rural ACO Improvement Act, and in the House, the Accountable Care and Rural America Act followed up in November 21st. It's a new Congress. Bills have to be reintroduced. Kind of why we're talking about this right now today is um, Representative Arrington out in Texas led a large group of folks, I think it was almost 10 co-sponsors, to reintroduce it in the House in this Congress. Um, So we are the, the interest remains um, the, because the effect is still happening to our to all ACOs and MSSP right now. Um, like, you, like you said, schoolhouse rock, little bills don't move by themselves. So I think, you know, the, the big thing now is really looking at getting it also reintroduced in the Senate. And then the people who introduce it basically become your partners um, in trying to advocate for it and, and get it uh, tagged on to something to a larger package that would actually, you know, hit the floor for a bit. For practices that might be at risk of of getting hit with the rural glitch, uh, what what would your advice be to them now that there's a bill in the House? Uh, should they reach out to congressmen or senators or kind of what would you recommend for their, you know, advocacy if they have a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. You know, life is all about uh, prioritization a lot of times. Um, and even though they sponsored the legislation, you know, prioritization is influenced by interest. Um, and so the more interest that we can generate on this particular issue, the higher up prioritization it will creep um, on on the agenda. You know, certainly if you, you know about it and you've heard about it before or you feel like this was the most educational podcast ever and you now know you can explain it yourself, you can always reach out direct to your congressional office or things. Um, the other thing I would say, if you'd like our help in doing that and hooking up with that policy at Allidaid.com is, is the easy way to reach us. Just like we have a bipartisan coalition working on this, 
in Congress, we have lots of fellow travelers who are helping us on the outside too, the American Academy of Family Physicians, obviously the National Association of ACOs is very interested in solving this. But even you know other provider organizations like Premier, if you're you know hospital system listening and you're a member of Premier, Premier is very interested in fixing this as well. But again, this is absolutely when it comes to prioritization, more the merrier is uh, definitely a good rule of thumb. Travis Broom, the senior VP of Policy and Economics here at Allidade, and our most frequent guest. It was really a great time to talk about the rural glitch, kind of explain it, and and uh, kind of keep us updated on uh, potentially a breakthrough, uh, fingers crossed, this year. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This episode of The ACO Show was produced by Brittany Barnes and Hannah Posner. Our theme music is by Donna Korn. You can find previous episodes on our website, Allidade.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ACO Show.